0: To get into these bowl games with these tougher, these more well-established teams, uh, like what we had with Wisconsin and Oklahoma State, and then you know teams that maybe are disappointed of where they've ended up, and that's totally different than the small schools that are happy to be there. So this is like I was did my podcast about that game last night. It, you just nobody's going to know where the motivation exactly is going to be. You take guesses at it, and that's kind of what we're at. So. Uh, North Carolina, you know, both North Carolina and Oregon had, I think, bigger plans, bigger ideas as they headed especially Oregon. But we'll start off with North Carolina. They, you know, good program in their Fedora for a while, fell on some hard times at the end. In comes Mac Brown doing full power spread stuff now, not playing around because <laughs> um, he got Phil Longo as his OC, who's no longer there now. He just left, but he's going to be the OC at Wisconsin, but he's a power spread air raid guy. And that, uh, you know, that was the way they're going. And so he had a really good quarterback, uh, Sam Howell, who uh, had a, you know, couple big years. And North Carolina was suddenly resurrected, you know, uh, even right through the pandemic. Because I remember they were having that good year in 2019, it was kind of, but it ended up being up and down towards the end. And then all of a sudden, 2020, I'm like, they're going to be really good. And then we <laughs> had the pandemic. But no, they still had a good record then. Um, sure, they they did come down a little bit last year. The big thing is defense is kind of blown up in Mac Brown's face. Um, it's a very interesting thing that the, the what he, you know this is part of the game of like trying to get things aligned right because he had a defensive uh, coordinator Tommy Thigpen, who's really from the uh, kind of a four three ish guy, but hybrid. You know, but 4-3 is shown that way. Jay Bateman was another guy he brought in to work with him. And Jay Bateman's like an Aranda. He's an Aranda guy. Elko, he likes to mix it up on pressure and coverage. Bateman was really good at his other stops. Put him with Thigpen, he suddenly looks terrible. <laughs> and he has to, I think there might have been an ego clash. You know, it's going to be one go away. You know, I, I don't know that, you know, you got to be willing to mesh. And you've got to be willing to give up on some of your your ideas and your philosophies and your own culture, your own personality culture, your cult of personality, if you will. You have to be able to mesh in. And not everyone's good at that. It's okay. You have to know that, though, too. So, whatever happened there, I'm not trying to say I don't know what happened exactly, but just going from the outside and looking at it, I know where their backgrounds are from. I see what happened. It was a defense that was almost trying to be aggressive, but it wasn't working out. It was blowing up everywhere. You could see it in the stat lines. I won't get into how I can see that. I also took a look at some highlights, but even without them, I could just see it. It just wasn't you know, working. A lot of times you, um, you can give up. A, a lot of times you, you, you just, if you're, if you're too aggressive, you, you can give up a lot of pass yardage. You, you can give, you know, that, and that's not, again, none of this, I don't, I'm almost afraid to say it, because there's a whole theory I have at looking at stats, uh, and, it, and it's not that simple, but then what happens is, you start to cover that up, and you start giving up tons of run yardage, and another thing that happens is, if you're being really aggressive without the variety, you give up just tons of big plays, run or pass, and, if, you know, so there's a whole lot to it, but anyways, the bottom line is, it wasn't working out with those two, and Mac Brown... You know his man is uh, Thigpen. I mean, he's he, the, Thigpen is the the older guy, the the, the more you know, the, the the old school guy. That Sue Brown's going to stick with. I think he actually knows him from the day. Yeah, because they, he was on his defense back in the day. I just looked it up right now. So yeah, so he's sticking with Thigpen. So he's got to figure out something. So Bateman's gone. Uh, in comes a a young guy named well, a young and an old guy. The young guy's Charlton Warren who is an air force guy so he's got the 3-3 going on big time at air force all kinds of air force has done that for a long time they were ahead of the game on that doing the 3-3 sort of doing it because of personnel issues but it brian norr tim deruder deruder um derider you say um matt wallerstadt all these guys steve russ these are all the air force guys and then after that, Warren was with Bob Shoup, who's more hybrid 4-3 guy. Kirby Smart, we know that. That's the Saban stuff, the hybrid uh, stuff. And then uh, Tom Allen, who's also like the hybrid stuff. A little different than the Saban, but still, all this hybrid 4-3 stuff. So here he comes over here. Now, he's got a 3-3 background, but with the hybrid stuff. So he's going to mesh better probably, right? Okay. And then you bring in the old guy, Gene Chiswick the old defensive coordinator, the old ball coach, who actually came in and helped shore up um, Larry Fedora's defense. Larry Fedora had a coordinator that was running some really cool stuff. Maybe it got a little too aggressive without the variety. And then it blew up in his face. And then Fedora went to Chiswick. What Chiswick likes to do, Tampa 2. It's not just Tampa 2 anymore. No one can do that. But he likes to do the coverage. He, he's a pure coverage guy. And, and that's It's kind of scary these times because if you just pure one way or the other, there's not enough flexibility. And sure enough, I looked up their stats for this year, and there's no sacks. They hardly have any sacks. They have some interceptions. (laughs) So he took a secondary that – he had a pretty strong secondary coming back. They actually had a lot of guys coming back on defense. Um, So they weren't a good defense last year or the year before, but they had a lot of guys coming back, and he worked that – And while people are saying their pass defense was bad, it did give up big plays, but it also got some big plays. But, you know, the problem is if you're not aggressive... So there's there's one thing. If you're aggressive without the variety and you go... You tend to get over-aggressive. That's like Manny Diaz can. And then you blow up that way. If you're just not aggressive, it's just bad all the way around. You kind of do bend but don't break, but then big plays happen anyway. So, again, a lot of theory behind that. I'm not going to go into it now. I'm just saying that defense... Isn't a whole lot better. It's about the same. Uh, in fact, the run game, run defense looks better, but I think that's because they are like, you know, boxing it and then leaving big plays for the pass. But they can get um, good play. Have good play, They had good guys back there: Tony Grimes, Cameron Kelly, uh, Storm Duck. But guess what? They're all gone. They're all they're all opting out. Can you believe it? So the one part that was they they had some good stuff about their defense. They're opting out. Um, so this doesn't look good for North Carolina. But on the offensive side, that's where the fun starts for North Carolina. Uh, okay, so they lost Howe. And in comes Drake May, a redshirt freshman, North Carolina Player of the Year in high school. But holy cow, six foot five, 216, and he can run. He's a dual threat. And he was just... Just great, in every which way or form, just a great player, and he's coming back next year, which is amazing, <laughs> right? He's not transferring. So that changed everything. The fact that they could replace um, Hal with that guy, and then you had Josh Downs coming back, a great wide receiver, and a couple other guys who are now experienced at wide receiver. They lost their thousand year rusher, I mean thousand yard rusher. but they have some talent, and they actually had a true freshman, um, uh, Hampton who is a, t- a high recruit, but he didn't do much. He got a, he started to come along in the middle of the year, then he got banged up. So anyways, it, rushing by committee, but with Drake May, he, Drake May led them in rushing and passing. He's a legitimate throwing quarterback too. I mean, this is like not like some of these other guys. I mean, he's really, really good at both. <laughs> and, he, and he can move enough, you know? So I think the NFL is going to like him. But anyways... Um, so their offense was fantastic you wondered about their offensive line they lost a lot of guys there but they had some guys back um they had a new offensive line coach jack bicknell who is a longtime famous coach under his dad was a famous guy anyway he had just left with longo so he's gone with longo they were like a team but yeah no bicknell did a great job on the o-line so overall great offense still struggle on defense big difference here as we're going to move over to Oregon is I think that North Carolina played in a much weaker conference and a much weaker side of the conference the ACC um, I'm sorry the is it the uh, yeah the ACC uh, is was actually good on one side their one division but the other division was in my mind a little weaker a lot weaker and that's the side North Carolina was on and Miami especially with Miami just having a bad year so I think they got away with a lot on the schedule and then Towards the end of the year, they had a letdown. They had some tough games that they won. Then they had a bad letdown against Georgia Tech. And then a tough loss uh, to, um, uh, who was it that they lost to? uh Clemson oh, I'm sorry North Carolina State real tough loss against them and then Clemson looked like a blowout but I haven't reviewed that championship game I have to get to that but it actually was could have been a lot closer there were a lot of drives that Drake may just wasn't finishing and honestly that's the first time I thought that happened in the year that they just weren't really finishing the drives and that's just because Clemson's really good i mean say what you want about them a ton of talent still there and and on defense and you know they didn't so North Carolina didn't get it done but that's the problem here. They're going up against another team with a lot of talent and a real a real good, a really talented team, not stuff that they saw in the ACC uh, for the most part. And so we go over to Oregon, and that has been a program that's been great for a while. I mean, you go back to Bilotti, then Chip Kelly, and then uh, we come upon uh, Helfrich, And Helfrich had one bad year. He was under Chip Kelly, and he's a longtime good coach. But he had one bad year, and that was it for him. Because you can't have a bad year at Oregon right now. That culture, it's the way it is, you know? So, you know, there's another thing. You have a head coaching culture, but you have a program culture that you're coming into. Like Luke Fickle said, we're going to still have power. You're not going to just rip the power away from Wisconsin. That's part of their culture. Anyway, so in comes uh, Mario Cristobal, and i th- I kind of wondered if he was going to be a good fit, <laughs> yeah, so much for that great fit, great actually the best recruiting he he again, I should have known he's tied to Sabin, anyone who has any ties to Sabin, you're going to get great recruiting, it looks like, and they they have the most talent they've ever had now, and then comes um another guy tied a little bit to Sabin, but mainly to Kirby Smart, who's Mr. Sabin himself, dan Lanning. so and and I'm not saying Kirby Smart is Saban. He doesn't coach the same way exactly, but you know what I'm saying. So anyway, so in comes Dan Lanning, and he's an interesting guy. He has a a cool background. Um, he's been around. Uh, he actually was at Arizona State, Todd Graham. He was a big Todd Graham guy, and he likes aggressive spread offense. I mean, as a defensive coach. And then he had some guys like uh, Joe Kind uh, as a, um, he was under some guys that have some of that influence from Jolie Dunn. Uh, and then um, then he got with Smart, Kirby Smart, and then all the good stuff going on there. And there's, there's some Jolie Dunn going on. Eric Schumann was under Kirby Smart's on team, team, and his dad goes right back to Dunn. So Kirby Smart's the hybrid mix of like Sabin, but he's totally... Even Sabin's doing that 3-3 now and all that stuff. And then, uh, and then who Dan Lanning brought on his staff as a defensive coordinator, uh, Tosh Lepoe, Lupoi or Lupoi. And he's got Justin Wilcox in his background, big time, and some other guys. And then the other guy on the staff, Matt Pollage, has Ron Roberts and Dave Aranda and all that crazy pressure mix. So you've got Dave Aranda, who's good friends with Justin Wilcox, and they all do the mix. So you're putting these two coordinators together. I'm not saying that's why Landing did it. He probably just knew the guys or interview, you know, whatever, but just likes what they do. But Lupoi... In Pollage together with Lanning, I'm telling you right now, they didn't have that many sacks this year. It was, and I watched some of their games. They were pretty conservative on defense. I'm, it's going to get more aggressive. He's he's biding his time. He's trying to figure this out. I mean, uh, you know, they did have a decent amount of guys back on defense, uh, but their defense it was it, it, it wasn't bad in recent years. Uh, um, but, but, but it's not going to be, it's, you know, it's not the kind of defense I think Lanning's going to want. And, anyways, I, I just think they're going to get, I mean, they lost a lot of defensive backs. And, um, uh, and and yeah, they did have some good guys playing this year uh, Gonzalez, uh, Bennett Williams, and they got some interceptions. I feel like Lanning was just more careful and more about the coverage mix this year. And I think we're going to see, as it goes on, much more Aranda style pressure. From from him from his defense, and then on uh, offense, he has Kenny, D- Kenny Dillingham as his coordinator, who's now gone as well. But everybody's leaving. Both coordinators are out of this game, and you know one is going to be a coordinator at Wisconsin, and Dillingham's got the head job now at Arizona, Arizona State, or Arizona. Anyway, so uh, Dillingham is a Norvell. Malzon guy so we're going i mean landing wasn't fooling around we're going straight up power spread no power spread pro stuff we're going power spread all the way and there's also a little influence of bryles again because dillingham and norvell were there the year after bryles left <clears throat> kendall bryles i'm saying at florida state and i do think they picked up some of that because some of the stuff i saw with dillingham this year looked a little bryles like i mean a lot of people's stuff is now, but everybody's really spreading it out now. So and, and then powering it too. They're understanding power spread. So um, so Dillingham's the man, and he goes under center sometimes. But Norvell had a pro background as well, so that's not too surprising. But anyways, so uh, yeah, so a really great mix. Dan Lenning's an aggressive head coach in the culture as well and the way he manages a game. And he took a beating for it. (laughs) Uh, You know, fans like to yell about calls, but it's different when you're on the field in the heat of the moment. But, you know, they were looking like they were having a more disappointing ending than even North Carolina. North Carolina going to the playoffs was never much talk on that. Oregon definitely looked like they were going to the playoffs. And... They had um, some close wins, but they did it, and they were only one loss, that real bad loss to Georgia to start the year because obviously a changeover in the coaching staff, like, it's understandable. But I have that game on tape. I still never watched it. I meant to watch that right away and understand all that, but I'm going to chalk that up to a new coaching staff. But they lost a really tough one that I actually watched against Washington. And DeBoer is, Kalen DeBoer is doing a great job over there. That was a great game. Just all kinds of back and forth the offense, a lot of defense, and then the offense has just exploded. And at the end, Landing could have wrapped it up. He should have punted. He went for it on a fourth and one. It was a little over aggressive. All the fans lost it. I do think he made some mistakes as a head coach this year. That's that's understandable, but <sighs> I know he took over a good program with a lot of talent. But still, he, he, look at nine and three, and the losses he had there. Then he had a real good win against Utah, though Cam Rising wasn't right in that game, and then against Oregon State, another really tough lot loss. A great culture over there going on with Jonathan John uh, Smith. So, two t- really tough losses, or we're looking at a one loss season, a fluky, crazy thing to Georgia that they might have lost anyway, but they just got wiped out in the beginning of the year. The one loss, and they're in the playoffs. So, no, Lanning's doing a great job. There's no, I mean, that's it. You know, he's never been a head coach before. You never know if a guy's going to be a good head coach. You can say, oh, he's Luke Fickle, should be a good head coach. Uh, you, the guy now, Leonard from Wisconsin, he should be a good head coach. Yeah, probably. That's what they said about landing, but you never know. And he did it this year. So let's see what happens now. But anyway, my issue here is Oregon gonna be real disappointed about not being in the playoffs. But then again, I think that happened against Oregon State. And I sort of feel like they're gonna turn it around now and be ready. North Carolina, I think also is okay as far as that goes. I think, you know, uh, they had a bad ending of their year. Three straight losses. Real disappointing championship game. Maybe they're going to be in the doldrums a little bit from all that. But I don't. I don't know. I think they're shaken. I think they're a little rocked and shaken, and they may not even have as much confidence now. But I think they'll be ready to f- play. I think they're going to want to play. So I don't think we're going to have motivation issues here. But the big thing to me is, you know, wh- wh- who's going to be playing? You know, there's a ton of transfers on both sides. Well, I look at Oregon. A lot of these guys didn't play much. Their one receiver, Thornton, Dante Thornton, he he wasn't a starter, but he was a big time deep threat. So that sort of hurts. Noah, so- Noah Sewell, big time, the best player just about, or one of their best players. Linebacker, big time. That's a big one. He's out. Uh, Gonzalez, at, at defensive back, is a big one. So those ones are not they're they're not bad. But you go over to North Carolina. um... You've got uh, Josh Downs, huge. (laughs) Josh Downs. Chris Collins is a little bit, you know, not a a great thing. Uh, You've had some guys that have been injured, like Noah Taylor. He missed a lot of the year. But then the big one to me, the really big one is all their defensive backs. Grimes, Duck, Kelly, they're all out. And it's like you're already struggling on defense. Bo Nix is going to play, by the way. He should be better because he was injured at the end of the year. I think he should be healthy by now. Um, I know May is going to play, too, for North Carolina, but and another bit, th- they're missing their coordinators, but I think for this game they'll be okay. Um, you've got a depletion going on on the North Carolina de- defense. I'm not really sold on their scheme over there anyway, uh, or their talent, for that matter, now. And you've got a really good offensive line that was coming back anyway for uh, Oregon, whereas North Carolina you weren't sure, but their offensive line was okay. Or actually turned out good, but Oregon's a great offensive line. Still have great receivers, running. You know, still have uh, they have two really good running backs, a dual th- dual threat running backs, and <laughs> two running backs, two headed monster. With Bo Nix moving again, running now. If Bo Nix gets hurt, Ty Thompson's been playing. I feel you know that's okay. You know, I mean, what the question is, what happens if? Uh, may gets hurt but then again I, he hasn't been so i think that's okay but anyway um in fact has may been hurt let me just take a quick look no no he hasn't been so he, he's he's a big kid i mean it doesn't mean he can't get hurt but if he gets hurt they're gonna be in tr- then forget it but you know if oregon if uh nicks gets hurt i think oregon can still win but overall there's just too much trending towards oregon i mean Um, I really think they're going to, even if anything, they might be motivated to show everyone they should have been in the playoffs or they just screwed up. I don't know what, if they're going to think that stuff. And I'm not saying North Carolina's not going to come in. I think they're going to do, even without Josh Downs, I think they're still going to do pretty well on offense. But without Josh Downs, with Josh Downs, they couldn't finish drives against Clemson. I don't think this is the same kind of defense here at Oregon. But let me take a quick look at their, I mean, how good is that defense this year, statistically speaking? Uh twenty-seven points a game, three hundred and eighty six yards allowed. Uh yeah, about exact almost exactly <laughs> last year it was twenty seven points and three hundred and eighty five yards, almost exactly the same. Um I think a little bit better on the run. Yeah, a little bit Better, yeah, better on the run, and that makes sense. Landing, landing would do that. They're starting there, but but again, giving up some yards, but also getting interceptions. Yeah, they're missing their cornerback, but some other guys are back that are playing. You know that that they they've come up and done well. So yeah, I you know anything could happen in these bowl games, but I'm I'm trending all the way Oregon here, and this could even be a, I, it could almost be like the Clemson game where again North Carolina is not finishing drives, and Oregon just takes off. We'll see but uh, but anyways that's that's where I'm trending